0: Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. We are going through on Sunday nights here, we're going through about what it means to walk with God. This is something in our lives that we want to make sure we have a spiritual walk with the Lord. Amidst wicked and dark days, and we certainly and do live in dark times today. In fact, Rob, I sent y'all a picture this because we're about to read about the days of Noah here in in um, Genesis chapter six, verse one. So, did you see the picture I emailed y'all? It's a a swimmer. It's a man swimmer winning uh, and winning in the girls' competition. I wanted to show you all this because this is an example. This was this week, so this isn't something that happened back yesteryear. This happened this past week. Uh, this um, man, a biological man, is named Leah Thomas. Who else has heard about this? Okay, so most of y'all know what I'm talking about. So, and folks, it's, um, it's, when you see this nonsense, it's the days of Noah. That's what this represents. Uh, soon, women's sports will become totally corrupted if, you're not, if we're not careful. We're, we're watching the women's NCAA basketball tournament. How sad would it be, Sonny, if you turn on your TV and you're watching a bunch of boys play in the girls' tournament? And it's just like, well, they, maybe they weren't good enough to be on the boys' team, so they went and joined the girls' team, and, and they're winning. And that's just, uh, and, and folks know, biology says this is wrong. You don't even have to believe the Bible. Uh, their biological differences, obviously. So, did y'all find the picture? So, anyway, there it is. There, there. This is this is a bizarre photo, this was this week. Who saw this photo? Um, Leah Thomas there is on the far left, and and he's the winner of the of the women's. And um, these are other females that came a second and third. So. That's our situation, and that's our world. Now, I share that picture, show that, because this here is about what we're going to read. The Bible tells us that, what, 5,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, during the days of Noah, this existed. There was a time of total wickedness all around, just like today in 2022. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And our real principle for tonight, I think what God's message for us is, how do we walk with the Lord? How do we maintain a relationship with God amidst total uh, confusion, moral confusion around us? Because Noah if Noah was able to do it, you are able to do it as well. He's an example for us. Verse 1, Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. And then we're later on how we'll conclude on this. We'll finish up looking at Matthew 24 because Jesus spoke about the days of Noah. So those are going to be our two scripture passages this evening. When the mankind when man began multiplying on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful, and they took any they chose as wives for themselves. Who are these people? This here, the sons of God. This is the lineage of Seth. These would be people who uh, came from a righteous Family, righteous lineage, that would be the um, sons of God, righteous people. The daughters of mankind, this would be people of the lineage of Cain. These would be unrighteous people, people who did not walk with the Lord. This is why the book of 1 Corinthians warns us about unbelievers marrying believers. It will cause problems. You will find yourself in a situation where one person loves the Lord, and the other person in your family does not. And that's what's going on here. So they're just they're they're choosing anybody they want to marry. And the Lord said when He saw how marriage, which what I think is interesting about this, is what grieved His heart was corrupt marriage. Don't don't miss this. This has to do with, it. this is the problem with homosexual marriage. This is the problem when righteous people marry unrighteous people. What grieved God was when these sons of God, the righteous men, and these wicked women, sons of man, daughters of mankind, they looked good, they were beautiful, so they just chose whoever they wanted. Maybe however many they wanted. Multiple men, there was just, The institution of marriage was corrupted. When that institution is corrupted in your culture, you are living in the days of Noah. That is why we live in the days of Noah today. The institution of marriage has become corrupted. When many of us were growing up, do you all know where most of you got married at? a church, I went to Harry Coleman, Sherry's dad, and begged her daddy for his blessing and hand in marriage, and luckily, after I slipped in a $100 bill, he, he, he said yes, and there was, we had scripture read, we went to premarital counseling, we had our pastor officiate the wedding. It was, the, the ceremony was in the church. We went to the fellowship hall and had cake, and half the people there were church folks. I mean, it was just a church wedding. That's all it was. Church wedding on a Saturday afternoon. The church we grew up in. It was all about the Lord. The preachers up there talking about Jesus more than us. I mean, it was just an evangelistic, very Christ-centered wedding. Many times... You go to a wedding today, folks, it is not like that. That is the exact opposite. If you notice, you go in any small town, they have wedding venues. They take these old churches and old buildings and make wedding chapels and places to get married at. The institution, the sanctity of what God has created right here, it's, it's been corrupted today. Now obviously, getting, you don't have to be married in church to have a God, Christ-centered marriage. But marriage was created by God with Adam and Eve. He performed the first wedding. Marriage came from God. The days of Noah started the corruption with marriage. And this is he just saw because he knows when you corrupt marriage, when you have ungodly people getting married or people who are of the same genders getting married, he knows that's going to trickle down to the children and the grandchildren and that will change your culture. It will change a nation. It will change people's thinking. God knows this. So he saw this was occurring, obviously, the days of Noah. And he said, my spirit will not remain with mankind forever because they are corrupt. Their days will be 120 years. Do you all know what that meant? That meant there was a countdown. 120 years, and then the flood's coming. Literally, the clock was ticking. Do you know what year... I believe it was, I think it was Belgium, the very first country on earth to legalize homosexual marriage. It was either 1999 or 2000. And at that point, when the first nation, in our nation, was 2014. You just wonder if the Lord could be looking at the United States or our world and say, okay, 120 years, you're on the clock. Because it happened back then in the days of Noah, and my spirit is not going to remain among this corrupt corrupt world, This is why it is so important for your children, your grandchildren, you teach them, you need to be praying for them, they want to grow up, they need to marry a godly man, a godly woman, they need to have a Christ-centered home, they need to find a church home, it's not our church, it needs to be another Bible-believing church, that they raise their family in the Folks, this is something you pound to your children and grandchildren. Like every conversation you try to, work it in there. Because when this institution is corrupted, everything else in life just goes downhill and downstream. There will be so many other problems. When when mom and dad, and Christ is not the center, mom and dad's marriage, and their commitment to each other and to the Lord, and a a Christ-centered home, if that's not established, it's, it's downhill in every other area. So God is saying the moment marriage became corrupt in the days of Noah, he put them on the clock for 120 years, and we likely are on the clock for us. Verse 4, the Nephilim, we know very little about these people. These were giants. The Nephilim were on the earth both in those days and afterward. When the sons of God came to the daughters of mankind who bore children of them, They were the powerful men of old, the famous men. And basically what we get from these two verses here is there were these people called the Nephilim that were giants and they were prideful and they wanted to make a name for themselves. They didn't want to worship the Lord. They wanted to be great themselves. They wanted to live a life apart from God. Verse 5. When the Lord saw that the human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. That means every thought was immoral. Every possible way to break the law, to commit a crime, the people just sat around thinking of, of illegal things to do. I've never been to jail or prison, but I, get, I bet if, you go to, if you've ever been in prison or jail, I won't ask you to raise your hand. You're just sitting around a bunch of folks and I hate to say it, they might just be sitting there thinking, how can we break the law? How can I even be a more corrupt criminal when I get out? Because you just, you're just there among people. They're professionals. This is what they do. They, they, they have a corrupt mind, and they're thinking, about how, can I, how can I break the law? And from all of this wickedness, marriage had been corrupted, uh, wickedness everywhere you go. In verse 6 it says, the Lord regretted... That he had made man on the earth. And he was deeply grieved. He was sad because of this. He grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind, whom I created off the face of the earth, together with animals, creatures that crawl, and the birds of the sky. For I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the law. That word regret, well, I'll explain what that means. Regret. It's not that God hates man because Noah found a favor with him. He's saddened. He's regretful. It grieves him of how far the human race has fallen away from his intentions. He created Adam and Eve and the human race for him to have fellowship so they could walk together in the Garden of Eden. That's what we looked at last week because they did walk together in the Garden of Eden. And now these folks have gone down, a, gone down a path of total corruption. And he is grieving. Sin grieves God. These are the family records of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah, look at this phrase. Look, don't miss this. Noah walked with God. And Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. If you've been coming on Wednesday night. I want to tell you who the, um, these, uh, all of human race comes from these three sons. If you're a Caucasian, most likely you're from Japheth. If you are from the Middle Eastern area, and like for example, like um, Jesus, you would be Shem. If you were from Africa and you were dark skinned, you would be from Ham. So those would be your. Uh, The three races of humanity right there. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was. For every creature had corrupted its own, its way on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature. For the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. You are to make a roof finishing the sides of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door on the side of the ark. Make it with lower, middle, and upper decks, So it's a three-deck three ark. Understand that I am bringing a flood Flood waters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife and your sons' wives. you know what his covenant's going to be? When they, when they exit the ark, God is going to send a rainbow to remind Noah and the eight people on the ark. That's Noah's wife. Noah's three sons and their wives, so eight people made it on this boat. And all the animals, when they come off the boat, they're going to look up and they're going to see a rainbow. The rainbow symbolizes that God never again will flood the earth. So no matter how bad it gets, how, rain, how rainy it gets these next few weeks, God, we can take confidence that the earth will not be destroyed by flood. This is one of the ways that we don't need to live in fear of climate change and global warming. We, we can't live a paralyzed life because we know God has told us that is not how the world's going to come to end. We, we shouldn't worry about rising sea levels and flood. Now, that might be occurring. It likely is occurring. But that's not something we as Christians, Bible-believing Christians, God did not tell us the earth's going to cease to exist because of, of climate change and global warming. And the earth will just we'll all flood ourselves to death because the ice will melt. God's going to tell us here, and He does tell us, that He brings into the earth. The second coming, He writes the final ch- chapter of earth, and we're going to see that here in a little bit when we look at Matthew 24. You are also to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the earth, according to their kinds, will come to you so that you can keep them alive. So God brought the animals. It wasn't Noah had to go out and capture the animals. This is a miracle. The Lord brought the animals to the ark. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten. Gather it as food for you and for them. And Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him. This is what made Noah righteous. He, he listened and he obeyed the Lord. And then look at this next verse, chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. God tells Noah, Noah, you're the righteous one. Of all these people out here, I have chosen you. So before we flip over to Matthew, we need to look at the days of Noah. Because I think our principle for us, Noah is singled out because he's righteous. He's living in this immoral time, and he's faithful and righteous. So despite how corrupt the world is, it did not influence him. And he obeyed what God told him. So the days of Noah, let's go back to verse 2, 3, and 5. And this is what the days of Noah would look like. Verse 2, the righteous marry the unrighteous. This is why for, for, well, how does this relate to us? We protect and we advocate today for the institution of biblical marriage. This is something we must fight for. There There will likely come a time one day here in America, one day here in Lexington, that even churches like ours will have pressure put on us to, um, perform all types of marriages. And Bible-leaving churches need to be prepared to stand up against this. If we, don't, if we don't push back, who else is going to fight for us? Who else is going to speak up for biblical truth? Biblical truth and freedom is something we have to stand for. And Noah stood for this righteousness. You know, two years ago, it was about this time, when we had to quit doing our Sunday evening worship service. And then we even had, after that, after one week, we switched to online service for all the services. So pretty much we were told that the governor and all, every other church in America switched to online internet church. And it was something that we thought was just going to be a temporary time. I remember listening to a podcaster and he was saying that, guys, it might be. Listen to this, Mother's Day till we're done with this. This was been two years ago, about spring, about March of 2020, and someone was saying, guys, this could go on for two months. We might not be back in church for eight more weeks. And I thought there is no way because we were planning Easter, we were getting ready for an Easter egg hunt. I mean, it was, um, it was looking back, you can genuinely say you had no idea. And I want to tell you what could happen for us. There could be a time 10, 15, 20 years from now some of us who are still here we look back in our our lives. You're here at church and you think I remember when the pastor had total freedom to preach these type of messages. When the church could actually say no, we only perform opposite sex weddings. We can... Look at where we are now. And two years ago, we would have never dreamed that. Do you see how fast things change for us? So the days of Noah means all of a sudden, the corruption occurs swiftly. And it occurred right here with the decline of marriage. Verse 3, the next thing we see, is we see this abundant corruption. It says... My spirit will not remain with mankind forever. Why not? They're corrupt. Corruption is mean you take advantage of folks, you're doing everything that's wrong. There's a lack of trust when it comes to corruption. You just don't believe what people tell you. And then in verse 5, God describes it as... That human wickedness, the Lord sees this human wickedness widespread, meaning it's everywhere. Back in the old days, you would hear about this phrase, the Bible Belt. Well, in the Bible Belt, people still believe this. Folks, that's not the case anymore. You find corruption everywhere you go. Just like here, what people believe, you'll find it on the east and the west coast. So it's not something that's localized. It's corruption, and this evil is rampant. And then he says, in the latter part of verse 5, he says, the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. Instead of the human mind being transformed and thinking about the Lord, instead of having righteous and holy thoughts, he's, the human mind is having corrupt thoughts. It's a a warped mind. Paul picks up on this on Romans 1 and says, your mind has become totally corrupt. Meaning everything that's right, you now genuinely believe it's wrong. And everything that's really wrong, you believe it's right. You literally do not. The Bible says you're right from your left. That's why Jonah had to go to Nineveh. God sent him there because he said the people don't know their right hand from their left hand. They're totally confused. And that's our day today. Last scripture. Flip over here. Last ones we're going to see. Jesus picks up on this. Matthew 24. This is great scripture. Many of you are asking me about the end of time. Are we beginning the end of time? And we're going to answer that right now. You know, I I genuinely believe that that phrase there going back to when marriage became corrupted in the days of Noah and God said 120 years. That's a story for us here today. God actually, what tripped him to say enough is when he saw righteous men marrying wicked women. Because he knew the generations that follow would be wicked. The institution of marriage has become corrupted today. And we likely could be on that 120-year ticking clock, just like Noah. Jesus spoke about this. He says here, we're in Matthew 24, 37, As the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. So So Jesus picks up on this phrase, the days of Noah. The days of Noah mean just going about doing whatever you want to do. He says, the days of Noah were so the son of, so coming of the Son of Man would be. For in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah boarded the ark. That meant they were not thinking about God. They weren't living for God. They weren't even thinking about Him. They were just doing whatever they want. And notice, don't miss, it talks about Marriage. You think that's odd? The Bible just keeps going back to marriage. That's what had become corrupt. He says, marrying and giving in marriage. That was the days of Noah. There was a corruptness. Eating and drinking. They were just doing whatever they want, a party lifestyle. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be with the co- coming of the Son of Man. When two men will be in a field, one will be taken and one will be left. There's this is the second coming right here. Or you can say, you can interpret this as being the rapture. All of a sudden, bam, it's sudden. You're just in the field, going about your work, and there he is, or there goes someone. He will put... <clears throat> So, our two women will be grinding grain with a handmill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be alert since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. But know this if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour. You do not expect. Bible's telling us that Jesus is going to come suddenly, He's going to come swiftly, and He's going to take us off guard. We live in the days of Noah. There's going to be two people together, seemingly looking the same, and all of a sudden, one is saved, one is lost. No one will be thinking about the Lord. It's just a day that folks are thinking about themselves. So tying all this together, how do we walk in this time? How do we walk with the Lord among a corrupt and evil generation? We are called by the Lord, just like Noah, that we see a picture when God called him to build an ark, it said he obeyed God's command. He did everything God said to do. Despite all the corruption, back in chapter 6, it says that Noah walked with God. That meant there's this two parallel walks. There's this worldly way, and then there's a godly way. Noah chose the latter between those two. Knowing that Noah here, it says that he found favor with God. Favor meant that he lived his life trying to please the Lord. His most important person to please was not himself, Not what he wanted, not his preferences, not what he he wanted his church to do, not what he wanted his pastor to do, not what he wanted his Sunday school teacher to do. He sought to please God. That's what it meant. His favor, he said, Lord, I'm here for you. And numerous times, God commended Noah on his walk and his faithfulness. For those 120 years, Noah knew the end. Could you imagine... Knowing. In 120 years, the world is going to cease to exist. And you even told people, you're building a massive ark, and no one, no one listened to you. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and he had zero converts. Zero. No one listened to the man. He only got his wife, his daughters and sons-in-laws, or sons and daughter-in-laws, only, only got them on the boat because they were just so tired of building the thing, they were like, let's just get on it, maybe it will rain finally. At that point, rain had never occurred on earth. The Bible says that when the floodwaters came, it came up from the sea, so literally the seas burst open water, and it continued raining for 40 days and 40 nights. Every single mountain, including Mount Everest, was covered. The ark came to rest at Mount Ararat, there in current-day Turkey covered in ice possibly today. It's a real, incredibly high altitude area in eastern Turkey. God raised this man up and used him because why? He walked with the Lord. Tonight I'm asking you, you look at your heart, you look at your life. You remember we live in the days of Noah and I ask you and God asks you, are you walking with him? Lord, I pray for your word that we take this Verses of Scripture. And Lord, it pierces our soul. God, thank you for bringing us into a church that teaches and preaches your word. Lord, I pray you seal these words on our life. Help us stay committed and firm to you amidst an immoral, corrupt generation. And Lord, we live in one. Lord, I pray that you will bless this invitation. Lord, we want to be bold in our response. We want to be faithful to you this evening. God, we thank you for the example of Noah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close our service with an invitation. This is your opportunity. You can respond to the Lord tonight. You can get saved. You can also join our church. So we're going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to sing Just As I Am. David's going to lead us in a song, Myself. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond to the gospel.